Turn to James chapter 1. As Jose and Esther are leaving, let's give them a hand for uh, encouraging us with the Lord's Supper. Beg them, plead them to come, but don't manipulate them. Just beg and plead them. In a non-pressured or manipulative way. All right. Today is great. Pardon me? Oh, should I like totally publish their phone numbers? That's dirty, isn't it? Las Americas, do you want their phone numbers? Anyways. Okay. Um, today is our graduation Sunday. Okay, so um, special thanks to our uh, mature women, uh, mature disciples ministry, and um, Annette Lamelli. She kind of was an advocate and everything like that. So let's make sure you encourage them. That's one of the reasons why we're meeting together, Las Americas and and East Cities as Metro East, so that we can encourage our graduates together. And so we're going to be doing that in the end. And so I'm going to hopefully try to make this lesson short, but you never know. Um, ho they, hopefully we have enough fill-in-the-blankers for you. Okay, Mad Libs, all right? Today, graduation, celebration, excitement, right? We're, cel we're celebrating graduates right now. This is the season. But what came before the celebration? Let me tell you. Finals. Tests. You don't graduate until you pass the final. You, you, you take the test. And I'm telling you, I get a feeling of relief, excitement, and accomplishment because when I pass a test, it feels good. Sometimes I'm just glad I passed. Have you ever felt that way? I've taken tests, and I just felt like, man. I remember when I was in the campus ministry, I'll just you know, pray to God. Maybe he'll just honor the other time I've been spent. And just passing could be great. And we just go, man, it's over. Time for my next milestone. If you graduated from high school, it's the next milestone. Adult decisions. yippee ki -yay. You know, if you graduated from eighth grade, now you're going to go to high school. That's a big deal. You know, so lots of milestones. You know what we forget? We forget how important tests are. When I say test, you say nothing, don't you? Because we get stressed when we say test. We get stressed about passing. We get so stressed, we forget the object of the test. You see, the test isn't there, and even with God, the test isn't there to prove whether you're worthy enough. Sometimes you go, okay, that's why there's a test, to prove whether I'm worthy enough. It's not actually that. The test, even when God's looking at you, he's not going, I'm going to see who's the best one, like it's a competition. God doesn't grade on a curve. He doesn't say the most righteous people get certain, you know, he doesn't think that way. What tests are supposed to do, they're supposed to make sure we learn. That's why we have the test. It's supposed to, when you anticipate that you're going to have a test, you kind of pay more attention, don't you? You pay closer details. You get more alert. And we've been covering your faith over the last number of weeks, if not months, 
because your faith matters. I want you to understand that. Your faith matters because your faith saves you. Your faith heals you. Your faith heals others. So it's important that you have the right kind of faith. And God talks about the testing of our faith. Turn to James chapter 1. Tests are important to your faith. So for the graduates, we're celebrating graduation. So I thought, let's talk about tests. Because you might think you're free from more tests. But bigger tests are to come. James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Wow, joy, trials. Do those sound like they should come in the same sentence? It says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is kind of an interesting thought. Because there's a picture here that's painted that God wants you to f- understand. When you're facing trials, I want you to feel joy. That doesn't sound right. Because I don't know about you, when I'm facing trials, I don't face feel joy. I feel stress. I feel sadness. I feel frustration. I feel anger. I don't feel joy. And you go, how do I get this? How can I be this type of person? And I don't want you to misunderstand me because a lot of times we get a weird view of Christianity. We think the more spiritual we are, the difficulties we face, we end up just learning how to smile and they don't feel bad. That's what we think. Well, if I'm more spiritual, this wouldn't have hurt me so much. If I'm more spiritual, this wouldn't have bothered me. If I were more spiritual, I wouldn't get so upset. That's not actually what the Bible is saying. It's not like that weird. We think of Christian people sometimes as smiley people, no matter what. Have you ever thought that? I thought that, right? It's kind of like, how many of you watched that movie, Get Out? Did you watch the movie, Get Out? Raise your hand if you've seen that movie. Okay, if you haven't seen it, let me define a scene. There's a woman, an older woman, and the, the, the hero of the movie, he's trying to talk to her, you know, like... You, you know, you're, tr- you're not happy here, are you? you? You need to escape, right? And she's smiling like this. And her face is quivering. And she's smiling. And then there's this one tear that comes down her face. It's like, ah, ah. <laughs> And she runs away going, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's creepy. <laughs> but that's how we think Christians are. Slap me. Oh, this feels good. Thank you. God love you. But no, trials are painful. They hurt. You go, well, how do I get that joy? Line one on the notes, you need to prioritize your perspective. You need to prioritize your perspective. Line two, your perspective determines your view on pain. How you think, your perspective, will determine what you think about pain. Joy is not an automatic response, line three. Because I want you to understand, testing requires suffering. That's the end of line three. Testing requires what? Suffering. I say test, you say pain. 
Test. Test. Right? That doesn't feel good. You don't go up to a party and do that. The rapper doesn't come up, music's playing, everyone's dancing. Test. Test. It doesn't work. Yeah, this is rough. But your priorities determine your perspective when you're hitting pain. What you think is important, line four. What you think is important will make you feel differently about your circumstances. That's the thing. How you look at suffering totally depends on how you look at pain. So here's the main point here when you're thinking about what's the practical. Line five, we've got to pick. We've got to pick our priorities. Did you know you can choose your priorities? See, many times we don't realize that our priorities, actually, if we don't choose, and this is for teens, this is for older people, we don't realize that, man, we choose what our priorities are. See, a lot of times our priorities, they pick us, they, you know, they, they overpower us. They're based on how we're raised. They could be based on what other people think. They could be based on what we watch on TV. It's amazing how much what we think or feel or we focus on is given to us without us even knowing. Do you know food looks so good on TV? You watch commercials. They're incredible. We can't smell what's on TV. But it feels like it, doesn't it? It does. Let me tell you a story. See, I was living in Hawaii for a long time. And so, but Hawaii, what they do, they have national commercials in Hawaii. Like in L.A., you know, whatever's on TV in L.A. is what you can get in L.A. Do you understand that? So we don't see commercials about White Castle burgers. Have you even heard of that? Like when I was growing up, no, I grew up in L.A. I'm from here, right? White Castle, and you know, yeah, oh, it's so great. But we don't see the commercials here. We don't see them. Yeah, see, if you're not from, if you're from L.A., you got White Castle Burger. What's that? So in Hawaii, in Hawaii, I just thought, man, Boston Market looks awesome. Look at the commercial. It's Thanksgiving every day. <laughs> you slice the turkey, it's just dripping, and they have all these great fruits. It's just like cornbread. It's just like, wow, I want Boston Market. Remember, I was in Hawaii. We didn't have internet back then. This is like a long time ago, kids. We didn't have internet. So you sit there and you watch TV and there's Boston Market calling you. And so I would look in the phone book. Yes. I would look around. Is there a Boston Market in Hawaii? No. But boy, it was really important to me. Yeah, I move here. What's Boston Market? It's like a cafeteria. You know, just get the tray, put food, you know. Boston Market. But you don't know. Things just creep into you, and they become your priorities with you not even knowing. They become important to you, and you're just trapped. That relationship, 
that possession, that career, that financial state, that protection, that safety. Some things, they could just be your priority. And they sneak up on you and they grab you, but you can pick. Did you know that? You can pick what's important to you. So I want you to understand. It says here in verse 3, hey, be happy when you enter, enter trials and tests because you get this thing called perseverance. Yippee! Line 6, pain brings perseverance. Pain brings perseverance. Now the question is, how important is that to you? How important is it to you? Perseverance. Woohoo! How many of you go, man? Right? If I said, man, for some of you, for the gentleman, uh, the single gentleman, man, I wish I could have a girlfriend. Ooh, I want a girlfriend. For the women, I want a boyfriend. Maybe for, you know, I want that house. Oh, my goodness. I want to have this job. I want to have this great car. You know, cars, man. So, some people, don't you just, I, I like to rent cars to take long drives just for the sheer fantasy feeling of it all. <laughs> just for that, like, three days. The air conditioner works, and it doesn't rattle or make funny noises. Right? For three days. You're just not worried. Yes. Oh, I would love that. Oh, I wish I could have it. Oh, I wish I could have perseverance. Boy, I really would love some perseverance. That's the most important. That's on my bucket list. Perseverance, then skydive, then, you know, climb Mount Everest. Everest, you know, is it a priority? Is it important to you? James chapter 1, verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Are you looking forward to perseverance? Is that like a big deal to you? How about maturity and completeness? Woohoo! Let's go out and be mature. It's Friday night. Put on the music and let's go get mature. You know, the world teaches us something different. You know, as I talk, we, we, um, we had some of the recent, you know, the first year freshmen, right, from our old teen ministry in, in the South, uh, speak to the recent graduates in the South. And, and we had, <laughs> it was funny, we had two disciples, one a sister and the other a brother. And the brother, he actually went to Cal State Northridge last year, his freshman year, was in an awesome household with a big campus ministry, and then every weekend he was back at South Cities to fellowship with all the campus and teen students he knew growing up. So he had such a blast <laughs> his first year, right? Like, yeah, it was so great, you know, awesome, learned a lot of things. But before he had to speak, we had one of our young freshmen. She went away to Wisconsin she was the only disciple on her campus, and she was talking about her experience. And it's interesting because she was very real, and she did, she did great. Spiritually, she did great. She was awesome, but she missed everyone here. And, and what she said was, I was in a special program, 
And what this special program was, was they take young women all over the Southland and they, they pull them together in a cohort and they go to school together because the whole goal is to make sure that they help each other be successful. Okay, and then they, they, she had a scholarship and she got to go. And so, you know, all those other girls that she went with, yeah, I'm sh when they were in summer, last summer, they were like, yeah, we want to be ambitious and we want to go, we want to learn, we want to grow. Uh, they probably said that to get the scholarship because she said the moment we got there, they're like, hey, let's party, let's do this, let's do that. And, and, and it was so hard for her because what she wanted to do was be mature spiritually. You see, you got to put it on your list as a priority. Don't let your priorities choose you. I want to I want to go out. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to Yes, I want to be mature. You know, that's rocking. No, I don't want to be mature cuz mature people they don't have any fun. That's not true. We got awesome mature disciples in this ministry. And they know how to have more fun than the youngest person here. And let me tell you this about fun. Guess what? There's going to be more fun. So why burn it out now? Even substance abuse. You know what drugs do? They burn out your ability to have fun. Isn't that crazy? Why have all your fun now? When you can just stretch it out and enjoy a great mature life. Maturity has to be awesome to us. Is it a priority? To grow to be better, to say that this year you are a better person than last year. We go, well, you know, I don't know. If you change your perspective and you say, hey, I want to reprioritize what's important to me, your pain will mean something different to you. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 5. Brings maturity. Line seven. I'm sorry. Thank you for reminding me. Sometimes I forget. Line seven. Perseverance brings maturity. Let's go to verse five. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Remember, I want you to understand, when you're reading the Bible, it's not like a fortune cookie. You know how fortune cookies work? You crack open one, and then there's a little line. Sometimes they're not really fortune cookies. They're kind of advice cookies. And it's not really a fortune. To me, a fortune says, this is what's going to happen to you. Some of them, they say, you know, be nice to other people, and you will find prosperity. That's like an advice cookie. You know, they should say, we have advice cookies, not fortune cookies. But, you know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we go, okay, here's a passage. Let me read it. It's the whole thing. This is all together, this passage. So it just says when you get trials, you're going to consider it pure joy if your values are different, if your priorities are different. So pick them. There's perseverance. There's maturity. And here, maturity brings, line eight, wisdom. Wisdom. I'm telling you, the world does not say, hey, let's go out and get wise. What it does say is, let's go out and get stupid. That's what they literally call getting drunk. Oh, we got stupid. 
Let's go out and get stupid. Yeah. Try getting a job that way. Why should we hire you? Because I get stupid. <laughs> There's no one stupider than I get. It doesn't work. And we get so caught up in what's going on. Oh, let's get stupid. No. He says, man, you get wise, smart. What's your pain doing for you? What's your trial doing for you? Is it making you smarter or is it making you more regretful? Is it making you smarter or is it making you more frustrated? Is it making you smarter or is it making you sadder? See, if you value wisdom, the pain is going to produce something different in you. So these are some things that just needs to be important to us. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 6. Do you understand how we can choose what's important? But you have to really fight hard against the world. You have to fight hard against your upbringing. You have to fight hard against your circumstances. You have to fight hard against a lot of things because you've got to start going, what is really important? That's why you get in the, up in the morning and you read your Bible and you pray. Do you know why you do that? So you could, in a quiet moment, pick your priorities. That's what you did today. Some of you dragged yourself here. You go, oh, I did. Oh, my goodness. Some of you, you came in late because you had to drag yourself in here or you had to kind of fight with someone to make it here or something happened. Satan just blocked you, right? And you go, I didn't come here with that great of an attitude. Well, good for you, though. You're here. Because you had to pick your priority in the morning. You had to pick it. You had to choose. You had to fight. That's what it takes. And then you'll feel joy. James chapter 1, verse 6. Let me show you what the fight is here. But when you ask, because you've got to ask for wisdom. It's got to be important to you. When you ask, it says, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We're not doing fortune cookie Bible reading today. Because sometimes people just show you that and say, hey, when you ask, don't doubt. We always think, oh, that means don't doubt that I'm going to receive it. Let me tell you something. I have asked for things from God and did not receive. How many of you has that happened to you? Okay. So you go, let's not look at the fortune cookie. Because that, that fortune cookie tastes a little bitter. You see, you got to pick your priorities. What is it that we shouldn't doubt? See, let me kind of tell you, let's get deeper about faith. Because in this world, and I'm telling you, this lesson is actually the sequel to last. So if you missed last week's lesson, we talked about how, hey, God delivers us. And it's very important. You go, well, now you're saying God doesn't deliver you. What are you, schizophrenic? No, I'm not. Because there is the faith that God will deliver us. And that's an important form of faith. But that's sometimes what the religious world emphasizes only. That God will save us or God will deliver us. And we're just sitting here waiting for God to pick up the pieces. We're just holding on 
until God rescues us. And in actuality, what he's saying, don't doubt here, don't doubt the importance of perseverance, maturity, and wisdom. Don't doubt the priorities that God puts in front of you. That's an important thing. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. We covered this last week, but we're going to look at it again. In line 9, as we're turning to Romans chapter 5, line 9, it says, we emphasize faith as being God will deliver us. And I'm not minimizing that God does not deliver, not in a domino's way, but God does come in. He saves us. I don't want to minimize that, but that's not the only view of faith. That's just part of faith. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And here's the thing. It says we glory in our sufferings. Now, I'll be quite frank with you. I've, um, my job primarily is to work with men. All right, and... and Let's just kind of talk about how men think. You know how we think? Break my arm, but don't break my heart. Right? Have you ever thought of that? See, I, you know, believe it or not, probably more not than believe, I get it. I actually played a few sports in middle school and high school. I wrestled. And you know what? When you're wrestling, people, you know, there's this thing called cauliflower ear, right? And it happens, you know, through, you have to wear the earmuffs, and it's because you're grinding each other in the mat. All sorts of, your ears get kind of a little tweaked. And now oh, look at my ears. Arr! Glory in our sufferings. When I played football, you look the ding marks on the helmet. How many did you get? How many hats marks did you get? Arr! Boom. Now with the movie Concussion, it's kind of scary. You count the ding marks and you wonder, okay, when are you going crazy? I get it. But still, back then, arr! glory in our sufferings. We don't say that now. Want to hide her suffering? Act like it didn't hurt? I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? But it says this. When you suffer you pers and you persevere, you get this thing called character. And when you have character, you have hope. You're feeling hopeless. It's because you didn't do your suffering homework. Trust me. Sometimes. We took shortcuts, shortcuts, shortcuts sometimes, and it catches up with us. Now, there are other times when you suffered for doing good, so sometimes it's just painful. But when you lose hope, it's because you didn't take care of your soul during the suffering. You didn't decide, my character is more important than the result. And line 10, faith is believing that God is completing us. When you're going through the test, God is completing you. He's maturing you. He's helping you be the best you you'd ever imagined you could be. You see, the question we've got to ask ourselves, is our faith limited to God's salvation and his deliverance? You go, well, that's faith. 
Because I believe God's going to save me, God's going to deliver me. But I'll tell you, when you encounter hard times, if that's all your faith is, you quit. Your heart gets hard. Maybe the first week you didn't get what you want. You're like, okay, God's still going to come. He's going to deliver me. He's going to save me. Three months. God will come someday. He'll deliver me. Three years. I'm done. Who's God? Because faith isn't about just God delivering you or saving you. It's about him completing you. It's about you becoming like Jesus. Let's have faith in God transforming us. Don't doubt that. That whatever's going on, it's supposed to transform you. Let's go back to James chapter 1. Do you want to be transformed? That's an important thing. Don't doubt. You see, don't doubt. You go, well, okay, so the doubt, it's not just about God's deliverance. Look at the whole passage here, because he says this in verse 9. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. Are you in a humble circumstance? Is your marriage tough? Do you go, let me hide it because I'm so embarrassed? Or do you go, you know what, I need help. Let me shout it out. Can someone help me? God's trying to do something with me and my spouse, and I want to know. Kids not turning out the way you want? Oh, it's my embarrassment. Or is it your suffering that you're going to ask and welcome people into your life? When you are in a difficult circumstance, your finances aren't in the right place. Your righteousness is flagging. You can run and hide, or you can say, this is actually a good position because it's an opportunity for me to grow. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business don't envy easiness. Easiness may comfort you, but it doesn't transform you. It doesn't. And it's important for us to start going, wow, you know what? I am not going to doubt. I am going to stand firm in knowing that this test is good for me. This test is exactly what God wants me to take. It's a hard place to be, isn't it? How many of you want someone else's test? You know, I'll have what she's having. Man, if I struggled with what you struggled with, I'd be so happy. Have you ever just envied someone else's problems because you hated your own? I have. I really have. It's interesting, right? Because whatever I'm going through, it's because it's hard for me. I wouldn't be going through it 
if it wasn't hard for me. If it was easy for me, I wouldn't be going through it. Let's continue on. Well, line 12, though. So I want you to understand, your soul is one of God's greatest gifts. We think salvation is the greatest gift. Salvation is for your soul. The beginning gift is your soul, just so you know. Let me tell you, line 12, your soul is one of God's greatest gifts. Line 11, have faith in God transforming us. That's the faith. Don't doubt in the power and the value of the priorities of a disciple of Jesus. We believe in growing and becoming more like Christ, and that's the greatest value we could have. You go, why is that? Because your soul is one of God's greatest gifts, if not the greatest gift. Salvation is only the benefit of having a soul. See, God created creatures long before we existed. And none of those creations are as special as we are. And you go, why? Let me tell you, is it because we have feelings? No, animals have feelings. I have this dog, and you know what? I don't like dogs, and our dog stinks. And I'm not like a dog person. I'm allergic to dogs. This dog has like, it's hypoallergenic, so I'm not allergic to our dog. Even though I'm not allergic to our dog, I'm just not like, ooh, dog, dog, dog. You know, I don't understand why people allow dogs to lick them in the face and on the lips. It's just kind of not me. And I'm telling you, you can have like, I'm a lumberjack and that's okay, you know. Mm. Oh, dog, you. They just love the dog. My dog, she looks at you with her eyes and she just looks like she cares about me. And she just wants to know what are you saying? What's your need? Can I love you? She's really thinking, food? I smell food. You smell like food. <laughs> my dog licks my feet. They go, look, she loves you. I go, no, my dog just wants me to be six inches tall so she could eat me. <laughs> but anyways, dogs have feelings. But you know what human beings have? We have choice. Animals live by their instinct. We have choice. We have the ability to imagine, to dream. We have the ability to think about what's going to happen a million years from now and research what happened a million years ago. And, and see, we are just amazing because we have this thing called a soul that can go beyond our circumstances, can think beyond our limitations, that can discover things that we didn't even think about. And so your soul is one of God's greatest gifts. Don't doubt. How passionate are you about growing in your character? Line 13. Line 14. We mature in one direction. Not the pop band. We mature in one direction and one direction only. And that direction in line 15 is we grow towards Jesus. We grow towards Jesus. Is that your priority? Is it, if your priority is to have financial stability, if your priority is to have just a perfect marriage or a great marriage or a less hurtful marriage, if your priority is to have a marriage, if your priority is to have, you know, well-behaved or respectful children, if your priority is to have comfort, if your priority is to have safety, 
That's not the same as growing towards Jesus. If you look at the passages, they're listed right here. John 15, it's on your notes, 12 through 13. My command is this, love each other as I've loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Grow towards Jesus, are you going to lay down your life? 1 Peter 1, verse 22, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other. Did you know Christian love or real love only happens with purity? Why can't have sex if we love one another? Why can't you be celibate because you love one another? You can't have selfishness and love at the same time. You can't have self-indulgence and love at the same time. Hey, we have a selfishly loving relationship. It doesn't sound right. We use each other, but we also love each other. It doesn't sound right. It's not love. You think it is, but it's not. 1 John 3.18, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You know, we live in a world that thinks you can love people and not be honest. I'm protecting them with my white lies. Line 16, Jesus made the love that comes from purity, honesty, and sacrifice a priority. Will you? Is that going to be your priority? Let's close out verse 12, and then we'll go down to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Close out in verse 12. Here we go. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Line 17 is this. Pursue the promise. There's this promise of a crown in heaven. Now, I don't know about you. As a man, I don't dream of wearing a crown. Doesn't sound right, you know? Hello, with the wave. Doesn't sound right to me. Like, ooh, I want a crown. You know? Have you ever watched, did you guys watch Wonder Woman? Yes, a lot of us watch Wonder Woman, right? You know? Here's the story about Wonder Woman, right? You watch it. Like, if you look at the comic books, she wears a tiara. Who fights crime with a tiara? <laughs> Half the time in the movie, she's running around in high heels. That doesn't seem right. Like, what's the crown for? Why do we do They had to come up with a reason in the movie because it's just dumb. You don't go, ah, burn, burn, building's burning down. Let me put on my tiara and high heels to help the people in the building. It doesn't make sense, right? So, like, do I want a crown? Do I want this crown? I read this. What is that? Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I get it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Yes, I get that in the comic books. Because they have to be real to me. You know, because aliens flying around, that's real. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. Here's a little passage for you so that when you come to church, you think differently. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are, are our glory and joy. Line 18 is this. When everything burns and disappears, the only thing that remains, line 18, is love. And what Paul says is this, 
None of your possessions will make it to heaven. Line 19, but you can bring other souls with you. Line 19 is souls. So the only thing you can take to heaven is souls. Why? Because love is what remains. And in line 20, I just want us to close with a thought. Did you know love builds a crown that lasts forever? When you're in heaven, your crown will be the souls of the people you've touched and loved. Now, not this weird one where you're going to like people dangling from your head. That's not kind of the notion, okay? Just so you know. You know, what does that look like? It looks like you'll be up there with your posse, your friends. Have you ever felt that way in the fellowship sometimes or when you're out and about and you're, you and a bunch of disciples are having a blast, you're, you're pure, you're holy, you're laughing, you're just having a great time, you sit around and it's just the four, five, six of you and you're like, wow, this is a crown that will last forever. There was a devotional yesterday for the Metro LA campus ministry from years 2005 to 2009. Pam and Roland were there. Victor and Rachel were there from this room. Uh, AJ was there and Fred was there because they were in that campus ministry during that time. And they were just sharing all their memories and all the fun times they had. And it was kind of, it was just, I just wanted to come, say a few words and leave. But I married everyone in that room except for three couples. So I performed the wedding of everyone in that room except for three couples. And over half the group had become Christians while Rob and I have been here. Okay, so, you know, these are, so I, I, when I saw them all, it was kind of shocking, so I just stayed until the whole time through. But what they were feeling is this feeling of having a crown. That other souls are your posse. Do you understand that? And I just want you to understand. Choose. God lets you go through tests so that you can choose what's important to you. Is it to be like Jesus? Is it to love like Jesus? Is it to persevere like Jesus? To mature in being like Jesus so that you have the wisdom of being Christ-like? What we're going to do now is we're going to have, I forget, I'm not who, we're going to have a video and then after the video, we're going to honor our graduates. And then I encourage you, crown it up. <laughs> crown it up. Fellowship with one another. Put some jewels, okay, by give spreading the love. All right, so we're going to have a video, and then we'll honor the graduates.